Cryptids and Omens, and welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. And I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Each and every week, we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today, we are talking about Heliocentric, uh, the first in a two-album series by The Ocean. I'm so excited because we have listened to this one previously, and I love this album as well as its counterpart, and I'm kind of excited that we're doing it for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, um, before we get started, I want to like, because we just kind of threw that in at the end of the last episode, Yeah. and uh, I realized I never really explained that like part of the rules for this show is like, uh, this album and Anthropocentric, the companion album to this, I have them in like a box set that comes with both albums. Right. We have many box sets, right. actually. So that box set is what we're reviewing. Mm-hmm. And because it's two albums, we're splitting it into two episodes. Uh, I decided that because this is a vinyl review podcast, then we, we review everything that is packaged yeah. in the vinyl. No, I think that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and if y'all haven't been by our Instagram page in the last couple of weeks, yeah. Jason did a really good job of updating it with all of our uh, photos and stuff and accessories. Like, you'll get to see, like, we have a lot of really cool graffiti stencils yeah. uh, that we have not used yet that came yeah. with different Vinyl Me Please orders. I think we only have one of those on the Instagram right now. Okay, so we better pull another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> soon. <laughs> Yeah, the but, only the only one of those we've done so far is uh, the Idea and Abilities album. That's true. So, uh, but going back to how it's going to work when we pull box sets, does that mean yeah. when we eventually and inevitably <laughs> pull the Bob's Burgers box set, it's just going to be a month of Bob's? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't decided. Uh, well, it's uh, going to be a month of Bob's. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a, there's a couple, there's a couple in the collection that I kind of have to like. We'll have to decide in the moment how, yeah. how we want to handle them because there's also like uh, the Deer Hunter color spectrum. Oh, yeah, because that's seven albums, it's, it's, right? It's nine EPs. Jesus Christ. So it's like, I think it's 36 tracks total. Yeah. So we'll, we'd probably split that one into like three episodes. I think so. Three, I think so. Because that would be 12 episodes or 12 songs per episode. You know what we should do when we pull the Bob's Burgers final? What's that? We should also do like an Instagram series of us um, making burgers and oh, veganifying uh, burgers from That's the Bob's true. Burgers I... cookbook, which you own. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've got a lot of Bob's Burgers paraphernalia. Listen, it's that. a wholesome show. Not a single neurodiver- neurotypical person in sight. <laughs> we stand. Listen, it's a thing I like a lot that has a lot of merchandise out there, so people buy it for me for gifts. <laughs> and, uh... But anyway, before we dive into heliocentric, the album. Let's check in with the My Boyfriend's News Corner. What's oh. been going on on your side of the internet, oh God, Jason? I completely forgot to like pull this up. Oh my goodness. The screenshots. So I, uh, there's like actual news happening in music right now, I'm sure mm-hmm. of it. You know, there's like, I don't know, Dolly Parton came out with an album or is coming out with an album. Kid Rock's on one of the songs. Did you notice that? I did and I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> because she has a whole song that everybody's been praising for like calling out the shitheads and then Kid Rock's on the album and I'm like. Wait, is is, is the song that everyone's praising World on Fire? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I have a different opinion of that song. 
<laughs> That's fair because I was disappointed. Okay, it was cool. way overhyped cool. to me. Um, and I am I am the biggest Dolly Parton stan. Yeah. I feel like. We are getting towards the end of her usable years, and her management <laughs> company is like pushing her to make as much money yeah, now as possible. Like honestly, unless, like when you get as old as Dolly Parton is, like unless you're gonna do a David Bowie thing or a um a Johnny Cash thing, where yeah, where you release an album that is like. Like a real like, like somber, somber, deep introspection of like your long storied career. If you're just like, I don't know, I listen to that Dolly Parton song and it's it's not great. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's very Facebook liberal auntie. Kind of, yeah. It doesn't. And I use liberal as a slur. I in mean, this it, it sounds like the type of song you write when you've been a fucking billionaire for like 40 years. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, well, she has done more than uh, pretty well, much any yeah, other I'm, person I'm, of her wealth. But no, like, um, you know the story about why the album even was created. I don't. So she got nominated for the, hot, hot, uh, the Rock and oh, Roll yes, Hall of Fame. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She turned it down That'd because be she didn't consider herself a rock performer. Which has never mattered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, that's, it that's has not. Fucking... Didn't Missy Elliott get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, this year, This yeah. year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Missy Elliott is not a rock star, but she is an incredible performer. But anyway, right. so that's a very long way to say, um, I don't know if it was marketing or if she changed her mind, but initially she said no, and then she said yes, and then she felt like she had to do a rock album. And Right. I'm, I, and I it's, wish it's I the loved most, it more. It's the most, like half-assed like made in garage band like written in a day it really is and it makes me so sad because i'm like willie nelson is gonna die probably any minute and i feel like this is very prophetic um and if it happens before like right when this episode comes out i'm so sorry i am once again cassandra wailing on the useless wall (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we could have had a dolly willie album instead of what we got and i'm just i'm just a little bummed that's all. Yeah. Let's get to your thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough Enough with bullying Dolly Parton. Let's bully some random person on Twitter. I would never bully Dolly Parton. <laughs> I, just have, I have some concerns. Okay. So there's this person. I don't even know where to start with this because I just have like the screenshots mm-hmm. saved in my camera roll because her uh, her Twitter feed is a nightmare. And even though this just happened a couple days ago, like I knew it would be insane to try and find it again. Right. There's this uh, uh, like... I'll say Twitter personality named Rose Mullet. I don't want to. I don't want to call her a musician. She's not. She's also a person who posts on TikTok, but I would not call her a TikToker. Right. She. God. Where, how, how do I start with this? Okay. So this is a person that is chronically online to yeah. the point of their brain is fully rotted. And I'll, I'll start. I'll start by saying that this came to my feed because someone that I follow quote tweeted. This uh, person, this is like halfway through a comment thread where the, the, the tweet is polyrhythms are objectively bad because by definition, they don't follow the rules in music theory, which literally fucking explain what makes music sound good to the human ear. Most music is subjective. This is the rare exception. exception. Now, when she says polyrhythmic drum beats, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's an insane that's like an insane tweet. And then I scroll, I like look at the tweet because it's part of a Twitter uh, Twitter thread. I scroll up and realize she's talking about fucking jazz. And, <laughs> oh boy, this is about to take a turn. I, I like assumed because like polyrhythms come up a lot in like 
experimental music. Yeah. Was, uh, especially progressive metal. Yeah, a lot of shit we listen to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like Mashuga and bands like Mashuga and Dillinger Escape Plan are both very well known for using polyrhythms. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like, so I scrolled to the beginning of the thread. This started with uh, one of these. Uh, I'm just going to use some terms that, like, if you're not super online, you're not going to know because otherwise this explanation is going to take 25 minutes. Yeah. It started with a Wojak meme that's like, it, it's it's like an, a very old uh, Wojak meme where, like, on one side it's uh, tra- like white trans women, and on the other side it's a bunch of women of color. And uh, the left side says, We are equally as, as oppressed as you. And then the left side with the women of color says, You are fucking dumb. Rose Mullet quote tweeted that. And said, white trans women in 2023 are way more oppressed than racial minorities are. And if you genuinely think otherwise, you're in denial. Which Oh, but it gets worse. Again, like... We've skirted the outsides yeah. of some racism on these last couple tweets. Yeah. You know, it's been a dog whistle, but it's about to be a full bark. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, like, this is already, like, like you're, first of all, playing the oppression Olympics is just benefits no one. No. You're not going to get anywhere doing that. You just come off, like, a fucking, like like bitter racist you, you really know what do I mean? and there's a lot of nuance to be had in that there conversation it's, it's like it's like yeah sure a a like black man is less likely to get harassed in a bathroom but you're less likely to get murdered by the cops exactly so, like, it's like <laughs> a, a, black, a black man is less likely to get murdered on a date you're less likely to get murdered by the cops let's put it that that's way. a fact yeah that is a that's a very a a closer one-to-one yeah and especially like what got me is that it was women of color yeah and it said all women of color and i'm like what is the most endangered group in our society no she didn't even just say women she said all racial minorities oh my fucking god because like if you don't know uh dear listener one of the most dangerous identities to exist within in our current american society is to be a trans woman of color yeah so it's just it's just asinine so anyway someone someone responded to that saying false and racist someone else responded saying wait until you hear her takes on jazz music oh boy (laughs) and then and then they shared some screenshots of dms that they that uh they've had with rose mullet here one of them says uh uncivilized cultures don't know how to make music that sounds good color me shocked and then um the other the other dm is someone uh dming her saying african music is full of polyrhythms you don't know music theory stop talking about it i'm cringing so hard and then she responds with which is why which is exactly why our music is superior just like our culture there it is, folks. There's the bark. And that's the only reason, honestly, I feel comfortable sharing her name yeah. on the show. Because there's probably like eight of yeah. you listening right and, now. And as as uh, she will be very quick to tell you, she's actually a celebrity. She she's, went viral on TikTok. She's a, she's a professional musician. She mm-hmm. knows what... So anyway, I, I, I want to try and go through this. This is like already so incredibly difficult to follow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just like frantically describing a, a Twitter conversation on a podcast. But... That's where we get the original tweet. Right. Is in response to the screenshot of these DMs. Uh, polyrhythms are objectively bad because by definition they don't follow the rules of music theory. Blah. So just so, an entire yeah. continent's worth of music yeah. she is ad- bad. She adds to that by saying, just as would be the case of a five-year-old mashing a bunch of random notes together, it's objectively terrible. Uh, the person responds, you call jazz music barbarian, you are racist, Rose. 
Rose responds with, African Americans in Western countries are just as civilized and cultured as white Americans. People born in Africa, people born in African, have an inferior culture and lifestyle due to not being as devolved. I'm sure she meant evolved, but not being as devolved, mostly due to the systemic poverty and these reasons. Shut the fuck up and educate yourself. To which someone just responds, "Where do you think jazz comes from?" I just, okay, I just, I just need to unpack that for a second. Yeah. So I, I scooped her. I, oh I checked on her TikTok. I scoped it out, right? Yeah. Um, uh, she wait, does like three things. Wait, be, be, before, because uh, I think this tweet will set up. This is like another uh, follow-up tweet because I think yeah. this will set up what you're about to yeah. say. Uh, to a lot of the criticism that she's been getting, she said, I have a degree in music. Okay, so you wasted thousands of dollars on a degree that statistically won't pay your rent. I made thousands of dollars by selling a silly a silly four-chord meme song I made in 30 minutes to Universal Music Group, and it cost me $0 to make that song. Someone responded with, you have literally a couple hundred monthly listeners. You need to relax with the unearned confidence, girl. It's not a cute look. And Rose responded with, I had I had ten thousand monthly listeners when my song went viral on TikTok in twenty twenty. So um, <laughs> okay, so, so that was a lie. That that is a lie, um, and I have a lot to say about this. So <laughs> it's um, it's kind of sad. Rose has over a thousand videos posted on TikTok and about forty five hundred subscribers. Yeah. Um, and pretty much all she does is repost that old meme song, yeah. post her shitty new music, which actually remarkably resembles what a three-year-old would make on like a basic music program yeah. by just mashing buttons. <laughs> and also, this fucking cunt, and I feel comfortable calling her a cunt. Um, I do yeah. not mean it in the Australian affectionate way. I mean it <laughs> as... Uh, the most derogatory word I could probably get away with using against her. She bullies children. This person is somewhere between like 24 and 30. Yeah. And she is constantly duetting TikToks with children, mm-hmm. actual children that are clearly like children yeah. swearing at them, telling them they're stupid, telling oh them they God. should just. I reported several of her videos because she was telling kids to unalive themselves. Yeah. I. This is so scrolling around this person's. Uh, uh, like feed for a while I, I get the sense that she is she's trying to position herself as like a twitch debater she I is think she has and and when you when like if you know anything about like fuck these twitch debate perverts like <laughs> they have a very special kind of brain worms that mm-hmm. makes it so they can never not be debating something mm-hmm. which makes them say the dumbest thing they can possibly think of because they want to be quote unquote taken out of context, so then they can be like, "Oh well, why don't you come on my stream and debate me about?" No, it? exactly. It's, like, it's a fucking trap. That's exactly and what everyone she's sees doing. It. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of these kids it's I've a, noticed just straight up block her yeah, and a, never respond. There's like, v- never any comments. Nobody's like coming to their rescue because I think everyone recognizes it for what you just said yeah. it is. But also to like treat this as if it's an earnest opinion and not. Uh, just a brain-rotted, chronically online person trying to get Twitter clout. Um, that is such a brain-dead take on even what the function of music theory is. Music theory exists as a way... First of all, I should say Eurocentric Western music theory yep. exists as a way uh, to make it more simple to notate and, like... Uh, uh, to like write down music. Right. It, it gives you, it, it's almost like the rules of language, right? It gives you a, a set of like 
basic rules that are basic that are somewhat universal, but can be broken. Right. You know the whole, especially for creative expression. Yes, and the whole point is that like music music theory exists to be broken. Like any, if you take one music theory class, like they'll tell you. You know, that like music theory is not a hard and fast rule for how music is supposed to sound. Not at all. It's not a scientific equation to make music sound good. And also, other cultures have their own fucking music theory. They do. I'm (laughs) sure like Asian music theory, especially like Chinese centric music theory has got to be literally a world away from our very uh, Euro and American centric music theory. Look up like written Chinese music. It's it's wild looking. Really? Yeah, it's cool. Oh, now I'm curious. Um. But yeah, it's it's such a like, it's such a crazy, like, like, uh, anti-intellectual Eurocentric take to be like anything that doesn't follow these very specific rules of music theory is objectively bad music, and it's it's also just like what a what a boring way to listen to music. Right? Like, like I can't like can't imagine being so uncurious. Well, and like. To have such a, a boring opinion of music and say, you know, to sound good, it can only sound like this. Yeah. And then to push out the most, like, bottom <laughs> yeah. of the barrel fucking right. like, Disney Plus children's show theme song that nobody fucking watches ass music. Yeah. And then try to get in fights with actual children. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling she probably she probably is eventually going to get to bait somebody bigger on the platform because she's also tagging a lot of like the major commentary tiktokers and trying to get their goats yeah currently she's targeting uh the Womblands girl Mm -hmm. to try to start beef because like she knows that's her best shot she she has a lot of posts on her twitter profile of like quote tweeting like video essayists being like i'll debate you about this oh my god yeah because i did she tagged counterpoints and something and that is just so fucking funny to me she also last time i looked at her like feed she's one of these people that's going on a tirade but i should i should point out that like she is trans i don't know if that was like made clear no Um, but that's okay she she is trans so but uh she's going on this thing is like one of these people defending the idea of like being transracial. Oh God! And it's like, uh, shut. No one thinks you're serious. See, like shut the, the good thing up. is that trans women like Rose do exist because yeah. it proves a very important point that trans women are just as capable as anyone else of being a complete. <laughs> fucking moron I do and not, an absolute piece of shit racist i do not support all trans people some of you bitches are dumb as hell yes <laughs> fuck i need to put that on a t-shirt that, well, that, to be fair to i'm i'm quoting a very famous tweet oh that that's uh i do not support all women some of you bitches are dumb as hell you know what that stands that stands i would wear that on a t-shirt it's a very it's a very good tweet that gets used in in a lot of replies when yeah. uh, when people like candace owen candace owens post things right or jk Rowling is another oh my God. one that catches that a lot. But she anyway, of which we do not speak. <laughs> enough enough about uh, Aryan trash. Let's talk about German sludge. Yeah, that, let's go. How was, how was that, that, that was such a good segue. So as we get back into the album, what are our genre tags yes. this time? Okay, so uh, heliocentric by the... I'm going off of Rate Your Music this time. Uh, I'll explain why later. Um the genre tags on Rate Your Music are progressive metal, atmospheric sludge metal, uh, and post metal. Ooh. Yeah. 
this album was released April 13th, 2010 on Pelagio Records and Metal Blade Records. Wow, I didn't realize this set was already 13 years old. Yeah, right. That's wild. The, yeah, this band's been around. This has been around for a long time. Uh, this is the first album with the vocalist uh, Loic. How do you, what's his name? Loic? Loic Rossetti. Oh, yeah. So on this album, we've got Luke Hess on drums, uh, Louis, Louis Juker on bass. <laughs> Juker. I don't know why that's a funny name. It just I, is. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's pronounced Juker. <laughs> they're, all, they're all German. Uh, Loic Rossetti on vocals, uh, Jonathan Nito on guitars, and Robin Stapps on guitars and electronics. And Robin Stapps also uh, wrote and arranged the entire um, – he writes all of their music. That's why I'm not going to – so this album is uh, somewhat controversial, mm-hmm. as, as it always is when you have a band that gets a new vocalist, I feel like. Yeah, especially in metal. Like, metal fans do, as a whole, I'm not talking about us, obviously, because yeah. we're just like we, – we're just here to listen to whatever y'all got. Um, but metal fans in particular, I feel like, hate change in their longstanding right. lineups, especially if it is a longstanding yeah. lineup. But, yeah, it's especially hard when you get a new vocalist because people are just getting meh. Yeah. You know. And especially so for the longest time, I never really listened to the first three Ocean albums. Mm-hmm. Uh I got I got on Ocean in twenty twelve when they put out Pelagial. Gotcha. Pelagia. Pelagic? Whatever. The one about the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's actually so crazy that this band somehow like slipped past me until then because uh <coughs> Like, this album came out in 2010, which is peak, like, me checking metal blogs. Yeah. Like, every day. Like, I think I had metalsucks.net as my, like, homepage at this point. Oh, my so God. So, anytime I opened up the internet, like, the first thing I did was scroll through. Like, I'm reading the newspaper. Like, <laughs> I scroll through to see what's going on in metal. Oh, that's really and, cute. Uh, and this was on Metal Blade Records. So, like, I don't know how this this slipped past me, but... So I I got super into Pelagic, uh, and I ended up getting this album or these this box set as a Christmas present like a mm-hmm. year later, because I was like I haven't really listened to this album, but Pelagic has become one of my favorite albums of all time. I know I'm gonna love it because I love this band. Right. And uh, so I got this uh, I got this box set, um, and then I I just never went back to the first three. Right. Because uh, I just always assumed, like, I knew they had a different singer, but I also knew that Robin Stapps always wrote all of the music. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, how different could it possibly be? Right. You know, so I, I but this week I, like, started listening to um, Precambrian, which is the album right before this. Right. It's also, like, what they play before they go on stage with Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, so his harsh vocals are... Almost exactly the same. Really? Yes. But no cleans at all. Oh, okay. So I can yep. see where this was a big yeah. shift in tone. So, was, so at first I started listening to this. I was like, oh, okay, no, this kind of, this still sounds like the ocean I love. Right. And then I like got like three songs into the album. I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. I know why everyone's so upset, especially 
with this album in particular because this this leans heavy on the clean vocals. God, it sure does. It really like there's not a whole lot of metal vocals on this. Now, for those that don't know, I'm pretty sure most people listening by this point in the podcast know the difference between clean vocals and metal vocals. Clean vocals refers to uh, singing in a typical fashion, where metal vocals refers to your pig grunts, your screams, your your uh, George Corpse Grinder Fisher noises, those things. So for a lot of metalheads, they prefer the metal yeah. vocals <laughs> uh we use technical terms like gutturals pterodactyl screams whatever danny filth does <laughs> <laughs> ah yes the very technical whatever danny filth yes. does. <laughs> um so yeah that's i guess that's basically my history with this album yeah this is this is so uh the ocean one of the things the ocean is known for is they write all of their albums are concept albums, mm-hmm. as is the huge with like progressive metal and post metal. Uh, but they they have a very interesting approach to concept albums, where like they'll be it'll literally be a concept. Yeah. So like uh, heliocentric and anthropocentric, it, together create like a, a a critique of like Christianity. Ooh. And like different worldviews and stuff. Yes, I forgot uh, that, that that's the yeah. subject matter for today. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So let me, uh, I'll, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's <laughs> actually kind of long. I'm just going to read off the first paragraph on the Wikipedia uh, article under under theme. Because the, this album has a theme section for its Wikipedia article. <laughs> this is just, a pretty long wiki entry too. Arguably yeah. one of the longest we've seen so far just, on this like, show. I just want to like... I, I just want to like set the stage for how much out of out of my depth uh, I am possibly in like describing the concept of this record. I'm here to talk about tasty riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the songs, art, and lyrics of this album tell the story of the rise of the heliocentric worldview, the idea that the Earth revolves around the sun and the, and that the sun is stationary at the center of the solar system. Nicholas Copernicus and Galileo Galilei were the first popular ambassadors of this idea, although g- ancient Greek astronomers like uh, Ars Darkars... Oh my... Hold <laughs> on. Jesus Christ, I think I had a stroke while I was trying to read that. Uh, Aristarchus. Aristarchus uh, had already posited this theory centuries before. So basically this album, the concept of this album is the journey of creating the heliocentric worldview. I love it. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, like, let me, let me, oh my God. It continues with Copernicus and Galileo, the first propagators of heliocentrism, uh, who are not yet in conflict with the church. Uh, Ptolemy was wrong. That's one of the songs. Who burnt? Uh, <laughs> Giordano Bruno, who was burnt at the stake for the uh, of the Roman Inquisition for being a heretic. Arthur Rembud's criticism of the moral law in his essay Reasons to Not Believe in God and Nietzsche's rejection of the fundamental Christian values has inspired the lyrics to Metaphysics of the Hangman. The album concludes with the greatest achievement in the history of modern science, Darwin's theory of evolution, uh, and ideas inspired by evolution biologist and passionate atheist Richard Dawkins. Uh, so uh, to put it shortly, yeah. uh, Mom, I'm not sure how much you're going to love this one. I'm just I'm just going to let you know here. I know you're listening. and I, uh, Ironically, there's at least two songs on here that like... Uh, Musically, I think your mom would really definitely, really enjoy. definitely. And this isn't even 
like I don't know this um this album doesn't necessarily come off as like r slash atheist Christianity no. is bad yeah it's it's more so like just the history of uh theology and like Christian philosophy as like science was evolving yes that's kind of the the gist of this album and once again we're probably gonna go after the catholics (laughs) yeah roman catholics to be specific on this one which is good because the roman catholics stole all the marble marble for the vatican from the coliseum and that's Mm -hmm. the only reason why it looks the way it does look it up yeah Uh, okay let's see uh i believe there's also no producer listed here. I I'm gonna interesting. I'm gonna guess Robin Stapps probably produces. Right, because I can't imagine him not. Yeah. Because he he writes all the music. Because like right? they do. Yes, he writes and arranged. It literally says right above the track listing, all music written and arranged by Robin Stapps. Yeah, I would say that's a production credit. Um. Yeah, under recording, it just has uh, the albums were mainly recorded in the mountain mountainous isolation of the. La Chaux de Fonds uh, in Switzerland. Ooh. Uh, the band decided to record and mix the album with the band's house sound engineer, Julian uh, Fellman. Quote, we wanted to be in control of every single detail, and we have an amazing studio at hand here. Sound-wise, this is by far the best-sounding album we have done to date. Yeah, I agree with them on very, that. Yeah, the sound of this album is very good. Oh, I I should also... The arrangements are exquisite, yes. especially as we get deeper into the album. I should also mention, I already said that this album was released April 9th, 2010. Anthropocentric was released six months later. Uh, gotcha. November 9th, in 2010. Which, in my opinion, is the best way to release a double album. I think so. Because, like, for me, as a consumer... When you release both albums at once, I tend to forget about the second one. Yeah. Unless the second one is better than the first one. And a good example of like that currently happening um, would be the Tyler, the Creator estate sale kind of. Yeah. EP. I mean, it's not really that, a double that, album. That's more of a that's a that's a deluxe album. Gotcha. It's, it, it's a it's a subtle difference. But he could have released them yeah. all at the same time. But it's like the, to me, this is this is the way to do it. You know, uh, this is this like uh, System of a Down did this with mm-hmm. you know Hypnotize and Mesmerize. Yep. Coheed and Cambria did this with uh, the Ascension albums. Uh, 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 oh my God, Periphery. Periphery did this with the Juggernaut albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is better than releasing it as one big album and calling it a double album, which is like like what uh, Mastodon did with uh, Hushed and Grimm. That yeah. is supposedly a double album. but No, honestly, it's one long album. Yeah, it's one long ass album. Same it's thing. great. I love it, same, but it is one long album. Yeah, same thing with uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, the most recent Kendrick oh, Lamar yeah. album. That's supposed to be a double album. There's so many albums that are like... I mean, the uh, the, the JPEG Mafia album that we covered. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Black Ben Carson. <laughs> like... That was, I didn't know that that was supposed to be a double album until we did the episode. I just kind of figured, like, he wrote his normal, like, 250 right. songs or whatever he does for an album cycle, and he couldn't narrow it yeah. down to 10, so he did 20. And and, and, and meanwhile, you have bands like uh, 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 Between the Berry to Me, when yeah. they did um, the, what was it called? Automata, the Automata series. They did two out. Al- so, it's Automata is technically one album, because mm-hmm. uh, each... It, but they released it 
in two chunks mm-hmm. because they're both four songs long, but the songs are like 15 minutes long. Oh my God. <laughs> so Between the Buried and Me made the extremely wise decision to split it into two releases because they said that it like it would be too hard to digest in one sitting which they were correct they were yeah. being very respectful no, of people's that's, time that's the thing that and like that's genuinely i love between the buried and me but like that is one of my biggest problems that i have when listening to between the buried and me is like they'll release you know 15 track albums that where all the songs are like seven minutes long and stuff and like they're all great they sound amazing right but that's like your whole fucking day man yeah and but <laughs> and, and i forget which song is which yes that's something that happened <laughs> to me with to me with the last kendrick lamar release yeah. just because like i know we listen to that album so much i couldn't fucking tell you what's right. on there and what's not because i yeah. have no idea we listened like it was just it was too much right the only one i can just i definitely know uh which song it is is the one with the argument yeah, I got. So but, uh, for this, for heliocentric and anthropocentric, I don't think the ocean really had a choice to. Re- yeah, because if they if they did, it would be like a two hour long album. Because this album is ten tracks and fifty minutes long. Wow. Yep. Um, do you want to just jump in? Let's jump in with some Shemayim. So this is. Oh, like the co- a- sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, this is like a like an instrumental intro track that leads into Firmament, which is the first real track. So I think what I'm probably going to do is probably is like skip because it's just it's just like uh, some noise. Yeah. Some like atmospheric noise. So I'm, I'm still going to play Shemayim, but I'm going to skip like a minute into it. That works. And I just want to throw out there the concept of Shemayim is the Hebrew version of what Christians call heaven. Mm-hmm. This refers to the metaphysical, metaphysical place where God, angels, and the quote unquote faithful dead reside. Yes. We're, uh, we're going to be relying on genius annotations a little more than usual this episode, folks. You will, you will see why. <laughs> uh yeah let's let's get it let's go i'm gonna start it it is starting i'm just gonna skip ahead to one minute in and let it play until the firmament starts Yeah, for days. 
intro yeah, get get used to that riff because you're going to be hearing it a lot you will and uh so this song is basically just kind of a paraphrased version of like the first couple pages of genesis mm-hmm. yes. um with one tiny inclusion of or so some people believe yeah is, is that isn't that that's like at the very last line of the song or something yeah there's like one more oh, refrain yeah. of the, like the chorus um and then, and then, and God said, "Let let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that might that may fly, above the earth in the open firmament of heaven, or so do some people believe." Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a great. And it, like you already see, uh, how like they really only use the like harsh vocals as like an as like an accent yes. as like an accentuation to and i can definitely see how mm-hmm. some loyal like three album long fan you know that would listen to their prior albums um that listen to this buttery smooth vocal yes. for the first time would have been like especially i'm not gonna lie this is probably just me having spent a lot of time in church youth groups with mm-hmm. my friends when i was a child some some of that vocal is get the delivery is it's just a little youth pastor not in a bad yeah. way but I don't think there's a, another way to sing firmament. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I can see where people were mad. I love it. Yeah, no, I that's the thing. Like even when we were just uh, listening to it now, like once that riff kicked in, like mm-hmm. I was I was feeling it. You yep. know, I was I was uh, doing praise doing praise hands or whatever the fuck it is they do during worship songs uh, no. <laughs> that depends on what denomination mm-hmm. you're in yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but no this is such a great opening track I yeah feel like you kind of you already get a sense of like what what the sound of this album is going to be um you get that uh that signature like the ocean riff in there, like uh, Robin Stapps loves that riff. Mm-hmm. He uses it a lot, especially on this album, um, which is funny because, like, when you're in 
when you're in like a progressive band, you you can get away with doing stuff like that. Yeah. Because you can say like, oh no, it's like like it's a motif. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. not. It's not. It's not me recycling a riff. It's me doing a motif. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the deer hunter is uh, very good at that. Mm-hmm. You re- reusing musical motifs, but in their music, it's to like denote a, a like character or a location. You know, in this in yeah. the way that like traditional. Uh, traditional show tunes are i guess and then with coheed and cambria you know claudio only knows how to write the two love songs we just keep getting two of those that's true (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i think uh i just i just i I don't know i love this i just think it's me yeah i just it's gonna be the uh the extent of the the depth of uh my musical analysis here it's just that like it's it's just a very well-constructed progressive metal song. Yep. I feel like. Um, let's just move right along to uh, the... What is the full title of this song? The full title of this song is The First Commandment of the Luminaries. Yes, thank you. The the, the My little title window is, uh, is uh, yeah, cutting it off. <laughs> yeah. Another track um, that pulls its lyrics semi-directly from the King James Version translation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. This one comes from the Book of Enoch. Yes. Which I'm a, I am ai was a bad Bible drill camp person because I, I don't know where the fuck the Book of Enoch is supposed to be in the Bible. Is it after Genesis? Uh, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's in um, the New Testament. No, this would be Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Ancient, uh, 
The Book of Enoch is an ancient Hebrew apocalyptic religious text describing, ascribed by tradition to the patriarch Enoch, who was the great-grandfather of Noah. The Book of Enoch contains unique material on the origins of demons and Nephilim, why some angels fell from heaven, and an explanation of why the Genesis flood was morally necessary. Huh. Wow. <laughs> That's a very funny way to phrase that, I think. <laughs> why, you know, why just, like, flooding the world and killing all the yeah. innocent animals and, like, children and infants? Why, that was why, yeah, that we, was actually a good thing. Yeah, we all know God was the biggest debate lord. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that Enoch is where all the spicy lore is. I want right. to learn about the Nephilim. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Um, when are we getting to that song? <laughs> but yeah, this is another uh, almost entirely uh, clean sung yep. song. Um, this album, I would say, has one thing that a lot of progressive metal albums ha- don't have, and uh, I think that might be might be part of the controversy. Is uh, this album's got some hooks does these songs are catchy they're very catchy i don't know that i've ever heard somebody use the word ingress right in a catchy hook until this album yeah and that's the other thing so he i i kind of mentioned it quickly up top but like yeah this is a german band um and uh loic rossetti has such a like pronounced accent like has such a clear german accent when he sings yes and it kind of creates these like really interesting pronunciations he um puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable yes. at times yes, very but much. i like it uh, but it also it, it, he kind of has this like uh like weird i don't know how to describe it. it it's he sings almost like he just got his tongue pierced a little bit you know that makes sense it really does um (laughs) having been the emotional support person for multiple tongue piercings this time in my life Mm -hmm. yeah no that's totally what it sounds like (laughs) it's funny because that's also what turned me off of um breaking benjamin when they first came out yeah if you he he sounds like he's got metal in his mouth well specifically (laughs) in i diary of jane i think Mm mm-hmm no, what's what's is it so cold? Is that the first? Like, oh, I don't know. I've never listened to Breaking Bad. It's not diarrhea. Of J- there's, <laughs> I there's. I think it's the music video for So Cold. It was so clearly shot immediately after he got his tongue pierced. Oh my god! Because every shot of him singing, he is like is like making the conscious effort to like open his mouth wide enough to so you can see his tongue piercing. Oh my god! And because of that music video, every time I heard that song as a kid, all I could picture was his fucking pierced tongue. Right. And, it's and, very funny because it gives some people a lisp, but not everybody. Yeah, and, and and the like, like ever since then, I'm like, oh, that's why he sings like that because he just got his tongue pierced. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I can't listen to Breaking. He's Benjamin. probably he probably took that piercing out like ten years ago. How the fuck oh, would yeah. we know? We don't I listen know. to Breaking Benjamin. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Breaking Benjamin is like the one butt rock band that people are like, no, but Breaking Benjamin's like good though. No, and like I, literally a guy wholeheartedly said, what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to some really hardcore stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure it would be your speed. You know, like Breaking Benjamin. I'm like, that's cute. I listen to Death Grips. Right. <laughs> and for my money, if I'm going to pick a butt rock band, it's going to be Chevelle. Mm. Yeah, Chevelle. Chevelle, Hundo Chevelle P. Chevelle is good. I like Chevelle a lot. Um, uh, 
you know, if I, uh, rate your music people listening to this episode going, oh, well, that's why he likes this Ocean album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We've been, yeah. we've been out in a secret Chevelle fan. <laughs> Which is funny because the other thing I was going to say about the song is that, uh, and I brought this up when we were listening to it the yeah. other night, is um, the song reminds me a lot of Intronaut. It does. So, the, That's, can, we listen, can we listen to some Intronaut after this episode and play some Mario Party? Yeah, sure. That sounds amazing. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really going to be in the mood for some Intronaut after this. Yeah, God, I hope we pull Intronaut sometime soon. Uh, I, have, I have two of their albums, and they're both very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway. Getting back to the tracks. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some Ptolemy Was yeah. Wrong. Now let's get into what is really pissing people off so when you go and read the negative reviews for this album everyone seems to have like everyone loves to say like oh there's one good song or there's two good songs but everyone like disagrees about what those two good songs right every one of those negative reviews agrees that this is where the album falls off like this well they're wrong and they're entitled to their incorrect opinion (laughs) because i love this song let's get into it much like ptolemy they were wrong So uh, this is where I'm going to take over temporarily because yeah. uh, let's talk about our bitch friend T- Ptolemy. Yeah, fuck so, Ptolemy. Claudius Ptolemy was a Greco-Roman astrologer who... Astrologer? <laughs> Astronomer. Astronomer. 
who hypothesized flop flop flop. flop. <laughs> <laughs> he hypothesized the planets revolve around Earth, and a lot of his work was foundational into what we do for modern day astrology. Mm-hmm. So when someone asks for your um, like if you're dating someone new and they ask for when and where you were born, right. she's trying to do a birth chart. <laughs> it's funny because yet you didn't, and yeah. I d- I did. I I think you had to text your mom and ask her what time you were born. <laughs> I don't think I did. I think I just like. No, no, because I, I knew offhand. Oh, yeah. I was born sometime around like 3 a.m. That's right, because you interrupted the Super yes. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> I'm well aware of the story of my birth, actually. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Ptolemy was an astrology bitch. Um, also, why it's important to know your Venus sign, because mm-hmm. Venus has phases, and this is how we know that the ocean are astronomy bitches. Yes. Because how else would they know? At least at least for this album. At are. least for this album, yes. <laughs> heavily heavily plays into the concept uh of this album now i think this song is gorgeous i love it this is in even though like it's not a particularly like lyrically it's not like a particularly emotional song right but uh, uh thematically like aesthetically i guess i don't know it's like an emotional high point of the song. Yeah. And I and I feel like it's it, it's gorgeous in a way that metal albums typically aren't even like even very good metal albums because like you know this is kind of an interesting play on having like the piano ballad mm-hmm. on the album, right? Where right. like cuz it 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 doesn't come off like a rock song. No. Not you at know, all. It, it it comes off he and he's not singing He's not singing a Christian rock song. He's not singing like like a ballad, a piano ballad. He's singing a hymn. Mm-hmm. And he's and it feels like he's playing it very straight. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's he, like uh, uh Rossetti doesn't feel like he's trying to like metal it up at all. It doesn't feel like he's trying to like add any type of like catchier chords or structures to this song like no and this feels very very much like he's straightforward just singing like a like a like a traditional hymn well and honestly this is like poetically one of the most beautiful songs i've seen Mm -hmm. because it's also um it's a song about galileo specifically coming to grips with his heliocentric theory at right. the time um specifically the um in the second chorus i no longer believe maybe i should keep this to myself i raised my eyes up high towards the night sky i've been searching for the eyes divine in countless nights but i found that the watchmaker was blind so this is actually an analogy um which uh, Richard Dawkins, I don't know who that is, uh, <laughs> but apparently wrote an entire book on yes. called The Watchmaker Analogy. The analogy postulates that a complex machine such as a watch must have been made by an intelligent designer. A watchmaker must have made the watch. Therefore, God must have created the universe. Mm-hmm. But in this song, Galileo is lamenting about how the watchmaker is blind. Yeah. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Very good songwriting. Very good. Very uh, good. Uh, for ref- Richard Dawkins is like uh, a very famous uh, atheist. Good to like, know. Thinker. He's the one that wrote The God Delusion. Oh, yeah. it's that guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't agree with him on much, much at all. Yeah, he sucks. Um, he sucks. Fuck Richard Dawkins. The Watchmaker is Blind is uh, it's probably one of the few okay-ish things. I've read from him, and it's a one-paragraph analogy. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> Richard Dawkins, you know, 
hey, you're, you're hey, going to stumble on some good takes. Right? Like, it's, but you know, all, speaking of watches, broken ones are correct it, twice a day. Well, he's also one of these people. He's not just like atheist or like anti-organized. He's, he's one of these people that lets his atheism like make him like super islamophobic and like anti-semitic and shit you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah he's gross yeah in short he's gross yeah he yeah. doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have any like any analysis for why he dislikes these religions i feel like anyway i should probably not talk too much about richard dawkins because i actually don't know that much about him no but that was that was informative I've, that was enlightening i've i've heard i've heard enough bad takes from richard dawkins to know that uh, i don't necessarily go for him to nope. my thought leading needs um but yeah in, in in any case ptolemy was wrong yeah the earth is not the center of the universe yeah, what a fucking moron I honestly mean, how could he think that you know? Listen, these like they were just throwing money at these ancient <laughs> philosophers back in the day. You know, you just you walked out in the street in your toga and you looked authoritatively yeah. at the sky and mm-hmm. went, "Yes, we are the middle of all of this." And they just gave you money. They just yeah. gave you lira. I love being like the kid in history class that's just like, "What a fucking dumbass! I want to figure that out real quick." <laughs> Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. I'm way smarter. <laughs> Not me. I'm built different. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's get to the metaphysics of the hangman. God, what a good title. That's a great title. Like if I was ever going to get just like a random structure of words, metaphysics of the hangman is pretty sick yeah. as a tattoo. All right, let's go. Boy, we got we got a 1984 analogy from a person that's actually fucking read 1984. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, boys. Oh yeah, and uh, we also have um, 
uh, a lot more clean singing. And some, uh, so, some, yeah, this is when like some atheism is starting to creep in here. I mean, the line God is dead is in these lyrics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. After like the oh, second yeah, chorus. Sure is. Oh, yep. It is. yep. So, uh, we just, we just jump in with both feet there. And by the way, um, I just want to throw in here that the, uh, it's a famous quote from Friedrich Nietzsche. Ni- Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Thank you. Yes. The full quote being God is dead. God remains dead and we have killed him. Mm-hmm. How shall we comfort ourselves? The murder of all murderers what was the holiest and mightiest of all that our world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives who will wipe this blood off us where is there water for us to clean ourselves what festivals of atonement what sacred games have we to inherit is not the greatness of this deed too great for us must we ourselves not become gods to simply appear worthy of it yeah yeah it's a good quote yeah, yeah, uh, Nietzsche, that that guy, you know. Nietzsche had some ideas. Yeah, he had he had a good head on his shoulders. I he think. did. Old old Frederick Nietzsche there. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> but, uh huh. But yeah, for me, I I really love this song. This um, is great. The, the... It's especially like when we get into like the keep the faith, burn the proof. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that um, anytime I talk about my experiences with my religious trauma and specifically being abused um, by members of the church or inside churches when authority figures saw what was going on and did not do anything to stop what was happening to me, people tell me to be quiet about it. Right. People tell me, oh, that well, you know, that was just that one person. And it's like, no, we have eight hundred pages from the Southern Baptist Convention <laughs> of Baptist churches right here in the South just victimizing people again and again and again and never ever getting charged for no, it except in some not. rare instances i could i counted a grand total of like nine people that yeah. actually did jail time from that list yeah. no it's, it's bad for optics i think mm-hmm. you know <laughs> burn the proof just you know what if it, if a pastor does something inappropriate with a child what if we just set the child on fire yeah you know uh, have we there's your out of context audio <laughs> clip <laughs> have we have we thought of that right um but uh, i I genuinely think, like, if I was trying to get someone into, like, progressive metal or into sludge metal mm-hmm. or post-metal, right. you know, and, and anything that's, like, a little bit outside of, like, the the norm or the mainstream, like, this would be a great album to show them. Definitely. First. It's so accessible. It is. And it's but, so interesting. It makes you want more. Yeah. It's so, but it's so, like, incredibly layered. Like, I don't know how much... How much of that is going to come through uh, on the podcast recording because of compression and all that? I've mm-hmm. I've lamented that many times on this podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I have not figured out how to make it sound. I mean, it definitely sounds better than it used to. But yeah, we're we're getting a little we're, better we're getting, every we're time. There, we're yeah, there. but like the the snare drum on that part where it kind of drops out and it's just the bass and the drums oh, yes. it's so like crisp it pops so much that's something i wanted to say about the percussion performance on this album too like who's doing drums on this because uh, they're strangely like one of the gentlest drummers i've ever heard on like a metal album or i guess i don't know if gentle is the word i'm looking for i think i'm no. looking for nuanced yeah like i like just the amount of different types of like levels of intensity just within this song mm-hmm. is really interesting and a really yeah. great performance. Uh, isn't it? Luke Hess. Good job, Luke Hess. Luke Thumbs Hess. up from me, some random person in the South. But yeah, I love like, you know, one of the one of the big like descriptors of this album is always atmospheric. It's you know, it's an atmospheric sludge metal album. Yep. 
and uh, I feel like the atmosphere really comes through on songs like this. Definitely. Like the where you know where it has those those quiet moments where it's just like a smooth bass line, but then the guitars come in and it's just like it's not quite the like black metal wall of guitar distortion but right it's like it's like close it feels very thick yeah it doesn't need to be it's almost it's you're right it's almost more like a thick fog rolling yeah, through than like yeah. a wall of sound you know like you can still see through it a right. little yeah and uh i i know i always bitch about like song orders and things and it's probably just my ocd it's definitely just my ocd well no but like this is so beautifully scripted start to finish yeah. like it's I'm... sorry i keep no, cutting you no, off you're it's fine. just so good no, sequencing is like one of, in my opinion, is one of the most important aspects to creating an album. Mm-hmm. Putting the songs in a in a particular order. That's why, that's why I kind of hate. Like, I, I I mean, anyone that listens to this podcast knows already knows I love rap, but like I hate like the Drake albums or like the Migos albums yeah. that are just twenty three tracks slapped onto like. A place with like no regard for yeah. pa- pacing or sequencing or anything. And that's why like I that. don't listen to those kind of artists outside of singles well, because like there's no point listening to the album. Yeah. I'll just listen to my favorite singles. Yeah, why, if you didn't think about like crafting an experience start to finish, right? That's the thing. Like you're not an album artist, and it's so funny how like offended people get. Right. Because, like recently, recently, um, this would have been a good thing for the news corner, but I wanted to bitch about an idiot on Twitter instead. Right. But uh, Doja Cat, mm-hmm. uh, whether she's trolling or not, I don't think it matters. Yeah, no. She put out a tweet that was like, that was like, you know, my my first two albums. I, I think she's out of her record contract now or something. Yeah, or, yeah. Or she's about to be. Because she tweeted like, my first two albums were just pop cash grabs and you idiots fell for it. Right. Or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, I mean... Yeah, kind of, like yeah. Here, here's the thing. Let's assume she's not trolling. Let's assume that she genuinely feels like like those al- like she doesn't like those albums. Right. And uh which and, I hate for her cuz I loved Planet Her. Well, and people people were getting like upset at her, like how could you like be so disrespectful towards your fans and like right. this just shows like It's just her work. She can say whatever she wants about well, it. And and here's the thing. I wouldn't blame her if she felt completely disconnected from that work. Yeah. Because one, Dr. Luke, mm-hmm. very, very involved in both of Very albums. involved and very involved um, specifically in her life yeah. and social calendar at that time, knowing what we know about Kesha. Right. Um, we might yeah. be about to find out yeah. some more things about Dr. Yeah. Luke. But yeah, you got, you got Dr. Luke in there, Universal Music Group. Um, and the fact that, like, I could tell, like, honestly, the second Hot Pink came out, mm-hmm. I was like, Doja Cat had barely anything to do with this album yeah outside of like the song new rules or yeah or whatever that song is called but because it, it was like doja cat has such a like huge personality mm-hmm. and like none of that comes through in no it's honestly all. very similar to the first couple rihanna albums yeah you know like yeah, when they were trying good. to market her as like right. this cutesy girl next door like they kind of divorced her from her caribbean identity mm-hmm. like she wasn't like the person that she is now. Now, granted, she was like 17 when those albums were coming out. But like, right. I, I consider it the same thing. And then with the Doja Cat situation, it's also she has an adversarial relationship with her fans. She yes, regularly calls them simps, especially I her male love. fans. 
Like, honestly, <laughs> art, artists of that size need to start being more disrespectful to their fans. Honestly, we yes. We gotta start putting them in their fucking place. Right? Because fucking fan culture has gotten out of control. It has. <laughs> it really has. And just... I, I'm interested to see what Doja does next because the last project she had full control over was Bitch on Macau. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. And that's the, that's <laughs> I think the only she's going to get real weird. Uh, well, I think she's going to rap. I hope so because I love her rap. That's what, uh, uh, was it, Jid, J-I-D, did an interview where he was talking about Doja Cat. And he was like, yo, I want Doja Cat to do uh, an, uh, an album with like The Alchemist or with Mad Lib or something. Right? And, you know, Vin, or not Vince, oh my God, Jid is saying like, Yo, people don't know Doja can rap. She can rap, rap. Like, yeah. she can really rap. You know, I hope the next album we get from her is just a really weird, mm-hmm. noisy rap album. Well, and she posted a snippet on, like, Snapchat or something like that on, like, an Instagram Live where it, w- it was her rapping over an Alchemist beat. Ooh. So, like, yeah, I hope I hope that that's the direction that she goes in. And because I think uh, this is such a wild tangent for this episode. I know, we're, we're doing an album about a per- <laughs> yeah. or an album that's prog metal and we're talking about doja cat but i have a feeling that doja cat is looking at how successful like megan the stallion is mm-hmm. and seeing that like megan the stallion hasn't had to make any like pop music yeah at all like megan the stallion just makes rap music she does she doesn't sing at all she doesn't no. have like big pop hooks on her song no she doesn't she, need to she rarely has like a guest singer to do the hook you know what yeah I mean? so like i think doja cat is looking at megan the stallion and being like oh wait i can i can like do that and still be popular well and like they're also friends yeah so like i wouldn't be surprised if megan's like girl you don't have to do this anymore your contract's up yeah anyway anyway that's enough speculation about doja (laughs) cat and megan the stallion getting back to the album (laughs) we are going into track six metal we're talking about metal we're talking about metal 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 Uh, yeah, the next song is Catharsis of a Heretic, which I, is only two minutes long. I can't remember if this is a real song or if this is just an interlude. So I guess we'll find out. In a We're going to all find out together <laughs> yes, right now. Let's go. Inspired by Giord, oh my God, I'm gonna have my Italian card revoked. Giordano Bruno, who was burned at the stake for heresy by the Roman Catholic Church. Bruno was a fierce proponent of heliocentrism. This was the heresy he was burned for. Catharsis of a Heretic is about his theoretical last hours and thoughts before his final judgment was served out. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, that comes through. I think. Mm-hmm. 
definitely. Uh, it's sad. It's a good interlude lyrically. I think um, so. Like a little, a little, a little bit of a downer, you know, given that this is the last thoughts of a man who's about to be burned alive for daring say the sun uh, is the center of the universe. Yes. You know, and kind of cursing the town. Um, Tomorrow morning I'll be dead. This town will burn before the sun. We'll drown in the ocean. Nothing will ever be the same again. Hey, wait, he said the name of the band. He did. Wow. Uh, wow it's that part of the movie where they say the title. Everybody <laughs> clap. Anyway, uh, so we we were already halfway through the album, but I got sidetracked talking about Doja Cat. Uh, we're halfway I, through the album. No, I feel like this is a good halfway point on yeah. the album because the back half of the tracks. Well, okay. Well, only one of them is over seven minutes. I thought the back half of this is much longer than it actually is. No, this is a very considerate album, I'd say. Yeah, this is like the politest um, prog rock album with time that I think we've listened to yet. Yeah, there's no song over seven and a half minutes long. Wow. Um, Which sucks because honestly, I could probably listen to each one of these songs for about 10 more minutes longer than <laughs> they go on. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the actual physical vinyl because this box set is so fucking dope oh my god okay there's so many moving pieces i'm actually having yes. to hold things for jason as we're <laughs> looking at them so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the the whole box set and the heliocentric vinyl on this episode and then i'll just talk about the anthropocentric vinyl in the next episode so okay so the box set is a very nice uh i don't know what what this like style of lid it's called it's what it's embossed it's foil embossed well no i mean it's it's it doesn't have a hinge it's one of the ones where it just lifts off of the box you know what i mean a regular box (laughs) i I, don't know there's a term for this (laughs) yeah um but yeah it's a foil embossed uh uh cover that is basically i think it's the two album covers like combined it is and it's also layered on top of each other it's also um the chart of the zodiac as lined out by Mm -hmm. um ptolemy yes which is our current um like if you're an astrology bitch you've looked at this wheel more times than you can count i guarantee it well it's 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 the constellation what is it yeah it's like a star map and the and the uh uh astrological okay is it just so I think the cover of the box is just the star map. The cover of the actual album um, has the spinning astrolabe on no, it. No, I mean, um, is there is there an actual difference between the two maps on on the two albums? I never even like really looked at it that hard. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, right? Um, oh, I didn't realize they both have two wheels. No, these are both just um. Like the standard Western Zodiac. Okay, okay. Um, with different types of um, planetary mapping. Yes. Like vinyl. Well, I don't even know what this right. is. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, before we get... Yeah, so before... Like, you... in, inside the box, on top of the two records, you also have these cards that uh, only... It's only for heliocentric, I think. But yeah, they're, they're little like art cards. Aww. That each, each one is uh, like the song lyrics. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. They almost look like tarot cards. And I, yeah. I think that's probably intentional. I think so. But they're very nice, like, um, traditional, like, paintings mm-hmm. of, like, Christian uh, scenes, I guess. Biblical scenes. Iconography, as yes. it were. It's like, this is the card for the origin of God. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. We got a big, biblically accurate, fear mm-hmm. not style angel. Yes. Uh, let's see. 
Which, for those of you that didn't know, biblically accurate angels have, like, ten pairs of wings and, like, rotating eyes and, like, all right. kinds of crazy shit. And that's probably why they had to introduce themselves to humans with the line, fear not. Yeah. This is Ptolemy was wrong. Love it. Same man, like, ascending through the firmament, I suppose. I don't know. That's what it feels like when you win a Twitter debate yeah. and another person blocks you. You just transcend mm-hmm. with your arms spread wide. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, very cool cards. I don't... <clears throat> all of the cool, like, a lot of the cool goodies for this album are centered around heliocentric, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'll put this box away. Talk about the actual record. Oh, wow. And it's got a very nice and detailed constellation map when you open it immediately. Yes. So... <clears throat> What we were kind of scatterbrained talking about, on the front of the cover, there is, like, a little metal, like, spindle Mm -hmm. in the middle, and um, there are these plastic uh, rotating calendar slash uh, planetary map. Yeah. So, you can can rotate this around. It's got the uh, zodiac calendar, like, around the edge. How many planets are on there? One, two, three, four, five, six... I already put the other one away, I'm sure. Okay, that's probably the six um, planets of the inner solar system, is probably. what that is. Because um, yeah. Earth is definitely on the third ring with the moon. Mm-hmm. And oh, they, yeah. The secondary yeah. ring has all of the like traditional zodiac signs, Sagittarius, Pisces, mm-hmm. Aquarius, etc. Yep. And um, so basically, this is a very nice astrology map that I think I probably actually could use yeah. um, as like a chart tool. pardon me allergies are coming from my throat (laughs) but uh i'm not quite that motivated nor am i quite that level into astrology so for me it's just a very cool fidget yeah and then on the back you know you just you got some track titles with some nice uh nice accents around them the same accents on the front Uh uh you already mentioned there's a very good constellation star map on the inside of the gatefold so on vinyl one disc one we just have a nice pure white vinyl it's a little creamy colored i like it yeah, yeah, yeah. ever so slightly off-white yeah uh with more uh star maps on the label so it has an actual calendar on the, oh. la- on the label oh look at that yeah, look wow at that. Huh. anyway and then the other record is uh, it comes in like a nice silver sleeve and it's like a like a black and blue marble yeah it almost that's like that's like somewhat transparent what it reminds me of the most um if you guys have ever seen like hubble space telescope uh photographs of mercury specifically um or maybe I'm thinking of Uranus, because I think Uranus actually the atmosphere reflects blue, but it's slightly translucent and there's like specks that are a little bit more pigmented and it's it's very cool looking. Yeah. And then on side D, you have an etching of the zodiac. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so well done too. Right. It's a very nice etching. Mm-hmm. Everything it looks very beautiful. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Uh, at MBF Records Pod, you can see pictures of all of this. And I will probably there. be uh, starting the MBF Records Pod TikTok sometime this week. Yeah. And, yeah, Jack uh, agrees. Oh, sorry for hitting the microphone. And that is Heliocentric, the vinyl. It's one of the coolest, like most elaborate 
vinyl packaging I like own. It's my favorite um album cover because yeah. it's tactile and yeah. I like that. I you don't get a toddler. That a you don't get that. You don't a get lot. to play with your album covers a lot. What's the deal, yeah. record industry? The the ocean is like very well known for doing elaborate box sets for their albums. Uh uh, Pel- uh Pelagic came in which I didn't I didn't end up being able to get, but uh <clears throat> came in a very nice like giant acrylic box Ooh. that because the the concept behind uh pelagic is like the album is supposed to it it, it maps out the like depthness of the ocean oh yeah we've listened to that so it gets like darker and heavier mm-hmm. like as you go down the track list right and the box set for that album had like uh acrylic pl- plates that were like uh uh like acrylic pores Mm -hmm. you know that were blue and clear and got progressively darker oh that's really cool and and you had to like lift them out individually to get to the record oh my god (laughs) and uh so there was that like their two most recent albums which are um uh like archaeology themed you know so they came with if you had three hundred dollars to spare, yeah, you could you could have bought a very very nice wooden box set that came with like actual fossils and shit. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> damn. <But> anyway, <laughs> it would have been very funny if they like shipped it to you in like a very nice wood crate, and then mm. it's coated in plaster, and there's just like a hammer placed delicately oh on top with a paintbrush. Like that would be funny. You want the album? You better fucking work for yeah. it. <laughs> now that's a concept. Yeah. But yeah, no, the the absolute absolute kings of the vinyl game over yep. here, the ocean. Uh, let's move on. Let's get back into some tracks here. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's get swallowed by let's the earth. Do what do you say? Let's do it.
I think I'm actually going to skip ahead on this one a little bit because mm-hmm. I believe there's a very good climax to this song. I think you're right. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, one thing I, like, really want to impress on people is, like, <clears throat> you know, we, we only ever play, like, the first couple of minutes of a song, but, like, a lot of these songs really kind of, really kind of crescendo. They do. Like, especially towards, with towards like, the end. Especially with metal, I feel like. Yeah. You know, metal, there's generally a build unless we're doing uh, just wall of sound start to finish, mm-hmm. which we've done. Oh, You yeah. know, that's fine. I like Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I don't have any additional context from Genius on this one. This one, is, let's see what. Mm, no, it doesn't look like doesn't look like Wikipedia has anything for it either. Actually, this is just a. I guess you could possibly say this is like a continuation of, um, Catharsis of a Heretic. Definitely. I wonder, did it was there a flood? After uh, Guillermo name, I don't remember, uh, was burned. Uh, Giordano. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Let me see. Hold on. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the song? Uh, I mean, I don't. I love. I I think it's a really good song. You know, we're we're in the we're in the back half of the album. You know, Mm -hmm. this is obviously when things. When most albums, you know, kind of start to drag a little bit, and uh, I don't know, th- this is just you know another another solid, like atmospheric, sludgy, catchy tune. I feel like definitely. I don't know if there's really much to add. This isn't like one of the more unique songs on the album. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just kind of a good. Uh, we got that riff again. That mm-hmm. riff comes back. Yep, um, we got our motif riff. Yep. Uh, but yeah, other than that. I think uh, we should just move on uh, to Epiphany. Yeah, there was no like direct link to that, but uh, following the 1870 capture of Rome and the new- newly created Kingdom of Italy and the end of the church's temporal power, the erection of a monument to Bruno on the site of his execution was erected and still stands to this day. Oh, nice. Good job, Italy. Good job. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, move on to epiphany. Yeah, let's, let's get, let's have an epiphany. Why not? As a treat. Let's do it. Mm 
crucified for me and I will pray to the Father you shall have your gods beside me I will pray to the Holy Trinity and I will pray to the moon and the sun and the stars I pray to Mary, second only to the Lord, we'll pray to the moon and the sun and the stars. One God on three, a strange epiphany. You know, maybe maybe that's what's wrong. Maybe I haven't prayed to St. Paul to end my affliction. Yep. <clears throat> we got our we got our second like uh piano ballad here. Mm, I love Some it. Very nice string swells that come in after after the part where I cut it off there. An interesting <laughs> um there is a difference between the genius lyrics and the title lyrics. Oh interesting. Um and it's a pretty important distinction given the theme of the song. Um on title it says one god all three. But on Genius, it says one God, comma, or three, question oh, mark. interesting. Let me, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's, real, uh. Real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to consult my flashcards Yeah, here. consult, consult <laughs> the tarot cards. Yeah. What do the tarot cards have to say <laughs> about this? Uh, while I'm wrestling this out, you want to talk more or something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, I don't have a lot more context from Genius about this, but I think it's kind of coming to the realization, like, hey, wait a minute. Like, we're, we're like, one God, we are supposed to have no other gods before him, but we prayed all these fucking saints? What's the deal? Yeah. Uh, uh, genius is correct. Genius is correct. Yes, That's kind of what I figured. It's it a is, question. Yeah, it's one God, comma, or three. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Which is because... Like, I'm glad you pointed that out because mm -hmm. uh, I interpreted that line as referring to, uh, like, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It is, but um, it's kind of like, because, like, there's so many... Um, well, it, I think it's kind of both. It, it's like... Yeah. It, it's referring to that, but it's also referring to uh, St. Luke, St. Paul, and Mary. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also then comparing them to the Holy Trinity of the sun, the moon, and the right. stars. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I never, that was one thing that was hard for me as a kid. Like, on the few occasions that I did attend Catholic Mass with, like, my grandma Fran or something, is like, I'm like, why are we praying to all these saints, though? <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> without getting, without getting too much into it, because I also don't want to be wrong, but, mm -hmm. like. That was a big part of why my dad became disillusioned with Catholicism, like early on, and he, yeah. he would have like he would have like arguments with like his dad because mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather was very Catholic, yeah, and um he would have arguments. It was like, yo, we're not supposed to like idolize any other gods, so why, when you go to the Vatican, do you kiss the feet of a giant statue of the Virgin Mary? Well, and also if we're not supposed <laughs> to idolize, why are there so many idols set up with real human bones of real human right. saints? in them yeah <laughs> make it make sense pope francis <laughs> if we're not supposed to idolize 
who the fuck is the Pope? <laughs> I mean, when you lay it out like that. Um, but no, it's kind of funny that I didn't know you were supposed to pray for St. Paul. Because maybe you're only supposed to pray to St. Paul if you're a man. Because in the Bible, uh, Paul hates women. I don't know. This is... <laughs> Like, this part of it feels very, very much like a specifically Roman Catholic Definitely. Thing. Like, I don't think, I like, this song I don't think is applicable to, like, any other type of, like, unless you're talking, like, extreme fundamentalist, like, yeah. Christian sex. I don't think, like, I don't think a Baptist is, is gonna, is gonna, like, do the Father, Son, Holy Trinity thing. You know what I mean? No, definitely not. Um... But uh, it's kind of interesting because I have had some lovely Catholics in my life recommend I pray to certain saints. And mm-hmm. Paul has never been mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, I, I stopped going to Sunday school too too soon to to know any of this, honestly. Right, right. The only, the only part I remember about Sunday school is I had a really cool Goosebumps folder that I, that I kept all my stuff in. Oh, and they so. didn't kick you out? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that that song is, I guess, essentially an interlude. Yeah, it's an interlude before we get into our two-part finale. Mm-hmm. Um, the origin of species and the origin of God. Starting with the origin of species. As made famous by Sir Charles Darwin. Yeah. This is, this is, when, we, this is when we get into some Darwin, uh, yeah, Darwin um, worship. Yep, just yeah. a little bit.
There we go. There's some metal vocals for yeah. you, fellas. That's that's the thing. Like I love the way the harsh vocals are like utilized on this yes. album. Like because <clears throat> because they're not so omnipresent. Like when they come in, it feels like really important. It does. It's you know? like it very well a, used for emphasis. Yeah, it gives it like a really heightened sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, this is a very very lo- uh, second longest song on the album. Yep. It's a very very big closer. Uh, no, it's not the closer, but like it's part of the two part. Yeah, I, I would say because like I I kept forgetting that. Um, this song and the next song are two, are two different songs. They are, but they flow together really well. Yeah, because I kept thinking that the saxophone solo was on this song, but it's definitely on the next one. Yes, it is. And uh, we definitely have to make sure we include that yes, snippet. Yes, we um, will be so playing the sax solo. Lyrically, once again, we are layered with metaphor and mm-hmm. meaning. And um, ah, what is happening on my iPad <laughs> right now? Why is it talking to me? Oh, oh no. no. Um, anyway. <laughs> but uh, so this deals with... Um, there's a person named Robin Stops who explores how a person can explain the complexity of the human eye because it just can't, quote, come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be intelligently designed. And, you know, people are like, well, how did it's so high up on this mountain? You know, like nothing could have created that. But it's like on the backside of a mountain, you generally have a more like gradually building slope. Right. And that's where we get, like, well, even earthworms have simple eyes. And it's yeah. interesting because, like, it's funny how this line of God has to be real because human bodies are, right. imp- like, perfect, like, vessels of engineering. And that died the second I got my autoimmune disease. Yeah. Because, like, you cannot tell me. <laughs> like, that's not a good enough reason for God to exist. I'm not trying to say God doesn't exist. But, like, when people try to use that one on me now, I'm like, then why would he make my immune system target all my healthy connective tissues and inflame them and cause me to be in excruciating pain every minute of every day? Right. And no one's had a good comeback for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, how can you? Right. Um, yeah, I really like this line. You know, our brains are accustomed to the scope of a lifetime. We will never be able to see how the sluggish vessel of evolution is slowly creeping up the hill. Yes. And that actually um, is a reference to um, a phenomenon called the, t- like the, the lifetime of the Earth clock. Well, it's yeah. not a phenomenon. It's an explanation. Basically, like if Earth was born at midnight, the origin of life would be around 4 a.m. And humans wouldn't enter the picture until 11.58 p.m. and 43 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's there's just we're so used to this like zoomed in scope of like 70, 80 years. We yeah. can't even comprehend that. I mean, shit, I have I have a hard time comprehending things like like the pre-industrial age of, yeah. of, of America and like wrapping my head around that that was like 200 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, like I can't like I have a hard time compre- comprehending the difference between like between like the 1400s and the 1600s. Right. You know what I mean? I can't justifiably. Even, uh, so like how how can we even uh, uh, begin to like try to comprehend the difference between 30,000 BC and 10,000 BC. Right. You know, and, but there's 20,000 years in between exactly. those two things. Exactly. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because humans just tend to kind of go, 
nope like for example corgis okay yeah corgis are one of the oldest breeds in europe um cardigan corgis are a little bit older and there's a lot of debate about when they were introduced but we do know for a fact that pembroke corgis have been in their existing form since the year like 1000 Mm -hmm. in wales yeah and yet which is nuts the welsh are like no Fairies made corgis. One thousand <laughs> years of selecting, selectively breeding wolves, yeah. basically into tiny, stumpy, <laughs> peach-butted little assholes, and they said no, it was fairies because human brains just can't even comprehend. Yeah, that level of time. We're not supposed to. We're no. supposed to be here for sixty to eighty years, clock out, and go home. Right. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I don't have anything else to say. Yeah about that we can get into the origin of god yep let's let's get into the origin of god something uh something i think we can all comprehend let's let's get blasphemous (laughs) on the podcast today let's do it I'm going to skip ahead uh, quite a bit here.
think that's good. Right? Yeah. Can't we all relate to just screaming at the sky, who is your architect? Where does he come from? Yeah. What is he made of? As a smooth sax line drifts in oh, through the God. distance. Just what, what a way to end the album, I feel like. Right? It's just... Exquisite. So, like, this is probably the album... Like, since we've started doing this show, mm-hmm. this is the album I've listened to front to back, like, the most before recording the episode. I've, I, I think, I just keep yeah. going back to it. It's, it's so just really good. good. And it's such a, like, a complete, like, experience it front is. to back. Like, these last these last two songs really just kind of really bookend it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and it's like the fact that this is a double album. Uh, all, like almost blows my mind because like you could just release this album yeah on its own right and it would like it, like that would be enough I feel like this I know. is I'm so excited great... to listen to the next part <laughs> I know. you know oh man but yeah I love po- post metal and progressive metal but particularly post metal mm-hmm. uh loves to throw a saxophone solo in there and and you it, know what? Good for them. Every single time. Yep. It's a gimmick, <laughs> but it's a gimmick that I personally enjoy. It's, it's a it's a cheat code, but it's a cheat code because it works. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, like when you're writing like a love story and like one of your characters is like super pastel yeah. and fluffy and sweet and the other one's super edgy and dark and goth. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's you know what? These stereotypes exist for a right. reason. You throw like saxophone in anything. I'm going to be like that's good shit right there. No one no one has ever ever uttered the phrase. You know, this song would be better if there wasn't a saxophone on it. And if they have, they were wrong. They were <laughs> yeah. so wrong and I am shaming them for it. Oh my god. But uh So what was your yeah. best and worst tracks? Uh, I don't have any worst tracks. Again. Yeah. Um I'm going to say either Origin of Species or Metaphysics of the Hangman. Yeah, I was going to also say Metaphysics of the Hangman. Or, I mean, Ptolemy was wrong. Ptolemy was wrong is also a banger. It's a dark horse horse pick, Mm -hmm. but it is such a, like, left field song for them. And it's so beautifully executed. Yeah, it is. It has such a weight to it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Ptolemy is wrong, actually. And then I, I think I'll go with Metaphysics of the Hangman, because, like, what a fucking title. Mm-hmm. And also, I just really like that song. That's great. I, I do also, like, as far as, like, if we were going... <laughs> Because I like all these songs, but I like different parts of them. Like, if yeah. you're going purely off how the song ended, then it would absolutely be Origin of God. Right, yeah. Um, I'd like Origin of Step- Species. I feel uh, very seen by that song. I think I think the ending of Origin of God is, like, the best moment on the album. I agree. Um, yeah, you know that we loved this album. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear for some people that did not love this album. Oh, let's. And uh, so here's the thing. I originally went to albumoftheyear.org like I usually do for this podcast, (coughs) uh, mostly because album of the year is just, uh, it's more well-organized than than Rate Your Music is. Right. Um, Mostly because I can scroll to album of the year, uh, scroll to the user reviews, and just hit sort by worst to find my bad reviews, whereas uh, Rate rate Your Music doesn't have anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but there wasn't a single negative review for this album on Album of the Year. Wow! <laughs> so I went to rate your music, and luckily, the very first, uh, the very first review is one of the most negative 
and dumbest reviews I've ever read. I I just saw you scroll down for quite. Is that all one comment? Yes. Oh my god. I'm so excited. Um, because this is so bad. It is a and, wall of text, yeah. dear listeners. Get ready. I'm going to try to read the entire thing. Good luck. Uh, but we are only doing this one review because uh, we don't need another one, honestly. No, I mean, like, it seems like he's going to cover everything. <laughs> so, this review is titled, The Ocean Write a Parody Album by RPGO. <clears throat> Like most people here, I was disappointed by this at first. The vocals were terrible, the music was bland, and the prog was unoriginal. Fortunately, after a few listens, I began to realize the utter brilliance of this album. This is not your standard prog album. No, it is a cunning satire of mainstream Christian rock. How do I know this? The clean vocals. See, every Christian rock band has vocals identical to this. That sort of emotionless, heavy-breathing, half-exhausted feel, like they're trying to sing while simultaneously running a 10K so they can look hot for their next promo shoot, not not other... Oh my god. No other kind of band uses vocals like that. Even the harsh vocals are reminiscent of the painfully bad hardcore vocals used by by every knockoff Christian metalcore band. I mean... Side note, that, that part's very funny. because No the, one sings clean. No one at all, except for Christian <laughs> music artists. I was going to say, because uh, the harsh vocals sound exactly like their old vocalist. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but the satire continues into the instrumental parts as well. Repetitive, weak, and insepid riffs make their appearance throughout nearly every song. And in Ptolemy Was Wrong, they even poke fun at the loathsome, cheesy piano ballads so beloved in Christian rock. Uh, parentheses although personally i felt they went way overboard with the ridiculousness of this song now to be fair the ocean are reasonable fellows they know that their listeners would never be able to stand this no matter how brilliant without some at least slightly interesting sections and so a few inconspicuous instrumental breaks retain some slightly engaging parts but even with this the parody stays in effect rather than make the degre- the the Rather than make the digressions feel natural, like in their older work, they now feel forced and out of place, like any Christian rock band pretending to be proggy and intellectual while still maintaining their radio appeal. So now we come to the lyrics. Perhaps the most mystifying part of this record, if this is parodying Christian rock, why are they from an atheistic perspective? And here is where the ocean's dazzlingly intelligence, dazzling intelligence displays them, itself in the layers of complexity in its answer. See, C.S. Lewis once said there's, there should... Oh my God, they used the wrong there. Uh, said there should be less Christian writers and more writers who are Christians. The, the ocean apply this idea to music and expand on it. It's not only Christian music that suffers from being forced into... Ca- uh, forced to concentrate on one topic no it's any music atheist metal suffers from the same stagnation that christian rock does but secondly they mean to show that christian rock is so horrid it can turn any listener into an atheist and thirdly they're parodying how a christian band would parody an atheist band the painfully cheesy lyrics such as ptolemy was wrong would be uh, very difficult for an atheist to take seriously, but a Christian band might write them as a parody of an atheist band. And so the ocean writes them as a parody of a Christian band who is in turn parodying an atheist band. So, as you see, the ocean's ingenuity and unabated 
is unabated on this album. Their creativity boggles the mind, and so with all the love I have given this album, you might be wondering at my low rating. Well, the answer is simple. I fucking hate parody albums. You know what? This guy sounds fun. This oh is where God. I'm like so tempted to go real life and like creep on their Instagram or like tw- Twitter. Let's be real. Yeah. This person is on Twitter and they are on Reddit and all of their social medias for t- insipid teenage girls. Yeah, this is this is like the type of thing that I may have written when I was like 15 mm-hmm. about an album I didn't like. But this is so it comes off so much like you didn't like the album because they were clean vocals but you know that that sounds stupid yeah so you have to like work backwards to like figure out all right why didn't i because like here's the thing i've listened to a fair amount of christian rock you've listened to a lot of christian rock uh-huh. this does not sound anything like a christian no rock i actually wanted all. to say um so i've only ever been to one hell house in my yeah. life or excuse me i think they did call it like a hallelujah house like so if you're wondering what i'm talking about you have it you didn't grow up uh, with uh, weird Christians in your life or you didn't watch King of the Hill. <laughs> a hallelujah slash hell house is the Christian alternative to a haunted house. Mm-hmm. And actually, at that hell house, they had a parody band. Do you want to know what band they were parodying? I'll give you three guesses. What year was it? It was 2006. Okay. Or No, no, no. It's 2005. Uh, Marilyn Manson. No. Ozzy Osbourne. No. Iron Maiden? They were parodying Cannibal Corpse. Oh, They wow. actually had a kid that was doing pretty okay, like, screaming vocals. But, like, the host that was walking us through was like, cover your ears, children. That's the noise Satan makes when he enters your body. It's a surprisingly deep cut. Honestly. Right? <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, like, to this day, I'm like, you know what? That is probably the best band they could have picked because yeah. it's irrefutable. Like, okay, you know what? Right. I see you, Suzanne. Like, yeah. But, like, I think about the kid that was doing vocals all the time because I wasn't friends with him. I don't know where he came from i don't know if he was involved in the church but i really sincerely from the bottom of my heart hope he kept up with it because right. he was very talented yeah like i was like actually can i hang out here for a minute and i was yeah. like dragged away i mean not dragged but i was like told no and uh we went to the room where they showed what happened if you get an abortion in the type of hell you'll be in oh yeah it was, <laughs> it was just fire it was just regular fire it was kind of disappointing <laughs> Should it just been like a fucking like woman who makes like eighty thousand dollars a year just like chilling in an right, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god but yeah no i just thought that was a very silly it is very like, silly i mean th- this this review was written may 25th 2010 so gotcha. like a month after the album came out so like i would honestly like i kind of wish i could track this person down because i'm sure this is not an adult writing this yeah you, you know, know it I does mean? have the air of like a 15 year old that thinks he knows what's up like no this is absolutely like when i would do like you know album reviews on my like myspace blog right you know what i mean i yeah. would try and do clever shit like this mm-hmm. you know but uh uh oh, i just i thought that was a very funny review no yeah that was and, that was one of the best negative reviews yeah I feel like we've ever read on this show. Anyway, God, it was just pure unhinged start to finish. And I, you know what? I do hope that guy is doing better now. I hope uh, he enjoys things more now. And uh, what was his username? Uh, Arpeggio. Uh, Arpeggio? 
Arhippico. Arhippico. Yeah. Well, Arhippico, I hope uh, you're doing better than you were doing in 2010 because you were a thief of joy. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, I guess that yeah. does it. Let's uh, plug some socials. Yeah. You can find me at Amanda Moonchild on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And uh-huh. if you'd like to follow my personal Instagram, that you can find that under Spicy Pisces Crises. Mm-hmm. You can follow the pod uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, where we post uh, pictures of the vinyl uh, at MBF Records Pod. You can follow me on Twitter, where I get into dumb arguments with people uh, all day. Uh, at frequency shifts i wouldn't say it's all day that makes you sound like one of these like people that think twitter's like real life yes no i'm a terminal reply guy (laughs) um yeah that that'll do it we uh we've got no shuffle this week nope because next week we are doing the second part of this which is anthropocentric by the ocean uh see you all uh next week folks i I forgot to I forgot to restart. I do this every time. You forgot to restart the the closing theme, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And now it has to load and stuff. Oh, my God. This is a nightmare. Oh, my God. What? You know what? Just throw the whole podcast yeah. away. Just throw it away. <laughs> Why do I use YouTube for this? That's a good question. Bye. 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 <laughs>